Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is the happy hour. You guys want a happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hour. Sorry, I forgot what show it was for a second. <laughs> Welcome into the happy hour at 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. I am Rico, joined by my new forever co-host, Austin Orman. Austin, how are you doing on this wonderful Good Sense Friday? Oh, it is fantastic. You took the, the picture and tweeted it out, and notably absent was my sandwich, devouring about 15 minutes, as was which mine. is very fast for me. Yeah, as was mine and Terrell's, and Terrell took uh, Vershawn's. And I feel like somebody else's was gone. I think all I think DP's meals were gone as well. Uh, yeah, no, I, the sandwiches got eaten very quickly. And something that wasn't in the picture that I might take a picture of here here shortly is uh, sweet things by Marcy. Marcy stopped yeah. by again, got some sweet potato pie back there, and some red velvet cupcakes. So uh, definitely going to have some of those, and it's going to be amazing when I do have some of that. I stuck my cupcake in the fridge just to Ooh. get just that little little extra layer. Okay, I see you. I see you just a little, just a little harder. So I don't know if I'm gonna get it over this break or eat it between shows, but it's on the. I'd agenda. say get it over. The, I feel like when did you put it in there? Like uh, just before, uh, probably mm, seven minutes ago, give or take. I'd say after this segment, it might have that perfect. It might be right in that sweet zone. It might be right in that sweet spot. I'll at least have one bite and try, and if it needs a little more, I can always stick it back in the, uh, the fridge. Speaking of sweet spots. Mm-hmm. I think Tommy Tanks found the sweet spot on his bat <laughs> in the bottom of the 11th last night. Uh, LSU, Wake Forest. Wake Forest, the number one overall seed in uh, men's baseball coming into the playoffs and into the College World Series. Falls. Drops two games in a row for the first time this season in probably the worst time to do it and in one of the most heartbreaking fashions as they fall to LSU in extras 11 innings on a walk-off two-run home run by Tommy White. Tommy Tanks, more affectionately known to the nation. Uh, Cranks one after a relief pitcher for Wake Forest comes in, throws one pitch. One. (laughs) One pitch, and Tommy destroys it, deposits it over the left field fence. You can. I have the video pulled up here just because it's so funny. Things are fine. Things are fine. Things are fine. Here, like, okay, we're good. Pause. This is a slider that's not sliding. It's not moving. It is, it is sitting moving. belt high. That's a problem. Good night, Irene. Impact. You can see Tommy White. As soon as he swings, oh, he it's gone. Oh, the pitcher's knew. reaction. He's like, 
he turns around and he's like, maybe it's just a really high fly ball. Nope, I can't see it anymore. It's in orbit. (laughs) He knew. That one's gone. That one one fell in the river. First homer in NCAA uh, College World Series history in extra innings to break a scoreless tie. That's like a really specific... That's like LeBron James is the first player to score 12 points on a rainy day on a on a cloudy sunless rainy day in Cleveland when the temperature is 62 degrees. Like this you know. is very specific, but, <laughs> but it's still cool. It's still, it's still awesome. After an incredible pair of pitching performances. Just, I mean, Skeens did his thing louder. I mean, any other night, Louder's the best starting pitcher in the sport. They were fantastic. Skeens went up to him, and then the bullpens kept it going. They were fantastic. Again, scoreless. Going into extra innings, a beautiful defensive play in the bottom of or the top of the eighth uh, by LSU's first baseman to charge a uh, what a sacrifice or just a squeeze, just a yeah. just a squeeze to charge a squeeze uh, and flip it to the catcher just in time to tag the runner from third and keep it scoreless going into the ninth. Kent Murphy was heated. Oh my goodness, it was never electric. bunt. Never bunt. Don't do it. There's only one out. It's good that they had another chance with uh-huh. a runner on first. So they sold a guy in scoring position, but my goodness. I mean, don't it bunt. Was, don't do it. It was just stop. It was almost a perfect bunt. Almost. But it wasn't because you have one of the most athletic first basemen in the country there. Literally, that's, that's, that's such turnaround first, though. If that's any other first baseman, that play's not made. Think about the turnaround though from uh, the Wake Forest tag. Hmm. Uh, the play that um, Wilkin made yeah. to get it to Lee, the catcher, on that tag. Ooh. And then the turnaround for LSU to manage to just barely slap the guy on his peck as he's diving by. That's nice. Turnabout's fair play. The picture of the dive and the tag is gorgeous. It's go- Oh, it's, it's so good. Dude's just like Superman. I, I would be so upset if I'm if I'm that guy on third. Like, it, like I said, it was... Almost a perfect bunt. Maybe I don't know. You take a little bit off or something, but I don't even know. Okay, so so I just got it. The first baseline. I just got it pulled up. Let's watch it again, and we will we will judge the bunt. Okay, we're rolling. Big bounce. That's the problem. If it's lower on the ground, and Morgan has to underhand it, has to go lower and underhand it. But there he is able to keep his. He he throws lefty. He caught it midair after the bounce and just flipped it. He didn't grab it, and he just grabs it and wrist flick flips it to the catcher who just catches one motion turns and smacks dude in the ribs. Bam. What a tag. I mean, he's flying by. I still don't know how he actually got his hand on the plate, but he managed impre- to. It was an impressive. All of it is impressive. It's just that there was an out. Like yes. the dive, <laughs> the dive was gorgeous. The catch, the flip, the catch, the tag, the the dive, the tag, the plate. Everything was beautiful. Everything was executed perfectly for both teams. It just worked in the favor of LSU. It just bounced probably a foot too high. If it's any lower, he's got a chance to score on now, that. Now, can you imagine Imagine if it didn't bounce and it just like was like a liner and he caught that and like threw it to third? Because dude was oh my way gosh. down the third baseline. I need to let's restart the video. He wasn't breaking with the pitch. Oh, he broke as soon as the ball hit the bat. Yeah, as it was on contact bat, like he should he have done. Pretty, just, pretty good secondary lead. He hears, he hears the, the Okay, tap. so... He's on screen. Let's see here. The batter is a few steps out of the right-handed batter's box, and by the time the ball's fielded, oh my gosh! I told you he has a massive. He's way down the line. He's I further than you. I thought. No, holy he was, smokes! He was he broke as like I think he was like kind of moving with the pitch, 
but as soon as it hit the bat, like the I don't know if you is, can see this on stream, but this this frame that I froze it at is where Trey Morgan has the ball. He's the first baseman coming down the line. He is about as far down the line as the runner is. They're about the same distance from home plate. Holy smokes! Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it didn't, if it didn't bounce, and that would have gone straight up in the air, that's a double play, because he's a wow. Like there's no there's no way that. Oh, it's just gorgeous. how he got it. enough so on that much. flip to get it there in time. It wasn't too high. It wasn't no. too low. It was perfectly chest height with the crouch for the catcher to catch, turn one motion, smack him in the ribs. Was that before? I think it was just after. Um, I think LSU had a runner on second. Morgan hit that line drive that Wilkins snared down by his ankle. I think that happened just after that. I think so. Low redemption. Just not that it, not you know he hit a hard line drive yeah. third baseman snares his ankle it's not like he did anything yeah, it's wrong just just a but. just a beautifully played wow. baseball game one of the best baseball games I've ever seen in, in quite some time that's uh, top five college baseball games of all time instantly right there. there's Florida and LSU good luck good luck holding up your end of the bargain now <laughs> no kidding and uh, fun fact that I don't know if you knew this Florida and LSU this season mm-hmm. have not played each other. Okay, I was literally just about to look at their schedules to Has see how did Schemes do, how did LSU's two do, how did how did Langford and uh, nope, no, haven't played. Was, wow, not even SEC tournament they didn't play. Wow, that's kind of nuts. I was so confused. I looked at Florida's schedule and nothing. LSU's schedule and nothing. Neither huh. one of them. Obviously, that's bizarre. Not be any well, I mean, I guess they are in opposite divisions. But even then, like you would think that there'd be some type of crossover at some point, maybe one game. In an in an early season tournament or something, wow. not a single game played between the two. The two college World Series finalists from the same conference have not played a single time this season. That's like what would that have been twenty twenty, yeah twenty two I guess mm-hmm. twenty one Georgia's first national championship would have been like if Georgia and Alabama didn't play in the regular season, didn't meet in the conference championship game, and then met in the in the title game. in the title game. Yeah. That's pretty what, much what, what it is. Which one was the two a year? Was that 20... Two a year? 18? 2020? No, it was before 2020. I want to say 18. Because how long is... Okay, yeah, 2018 in... final. Yeah. Okay. I was say, how long has so, been in the league? I just want to make sure Georgia and Alabama actually did this. So, yeah, it would have been the, the game in 2018. Why did it take me... No, don't... You know how it is. You know how it works. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Okay, so it would run the 17 season. Yeah, but the 18 title game. Okay, 2017 season. Alabama and Georgia did not play. There we go. Because Alabama came in as the the four seed after their loss to Auburn, didn't play the SEC championship game, mm-hmm. and met Georgia. So I guess that's your there you go your your correlation. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. 
Um, so a couple stats here on both teams. So Florida is tallying 8.4 runs a game, 4.8 in these playoffs right now. LSU is giving up 4.2, 2.5 in the playoffs. Um, when totaling six plus runs, the Gators are 35 and four. They have a five and two record in games decided by one run. LSU is putting up 9.2, six runs in the playoffs. Uh, Florida is allowing five, two in the playoffs. Uh, when the Tigers have put up six or more runs in 43 games, they are 40 and three. In one run contests, they are three and four. Really? Not great when things hmm. get close for LSU. You said Florida's given up five runs a game in Florida, the season? Florida gives up two in the in the postseason. Oh, two. Okay, yeah, let's say that makes a lot more sense. LSU gives up 2.5 in the, in the postseason. <laughs> this is going to be a very... I, this might be another pitching matchup, but we were talking earlier off air. I believe LSU is safe there. They're number two, so he'll probably throw tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But when do you, is Skeens when he does pitch Sunday? Because that's definitely the day he's going to pitch. How long does he stay in the game? How many pitches? As long as he can. How many pitches are they going to to let him throw? Because you don't like. Obviously, you want to win the game. Obviously, that's you not play even a to question. win the game, but. Thinking about his future, thinking about his arm, he's already thrown 100-plus pitches in his two games in the College World Series. Did He pitched against Tennessee last, right? Before last night? I believe so. I'm pretty sure he's already pitched. No, because that was the, uh, the Nate Ackenhausen game. Okay. Okay, so he's did he pitch against Wake, Wake the first Forest? time? Yeah, Wake the first time. Wow. What redemption. That's how it works. No, he didn't even pitch against Wake the first time. Okay, who did he pitch against? It would have had to have been the win against Tennessee. Then would have had to. Have He's been. already pitched once in these in these in this College World Series. Did I just skip completely over? Did you? What is going on here? Tennessee, Wake, Tennessee, Wake, Wake. Wake. So he hasn't pitched in this College World Series yet. He had to. Have. That feels wrong. I mean, he pitched last night, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. There, last night was the first time he pitched in the CWS. But there's no way that can be true. No, he pitched the first game. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with he pitched the first game. That is my He had to have, but I pulled up the box score on Oh yeah, there he goes looking on the wrong side. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yep, he went seven and two thirds against uh Tennessee the first time. Okay, how many pitches? Seven and two thirds on 123 pitches. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gone hundred and twenty plus in his two games at the men's college world series. Okay, that game would how have much been does it, how much does he have left Saturday. He's so got a, he threw he's Saturday. He threw Thursday, which would have been well. Yeah, that's a day short of rest, I suppose. Uh, well, he's a big enough guy. I don't think it will be quite as it doesn't really matter how big a problem. Big you are. Your well, tendons aren't that. Your tendons aren't that big. I mean, they're bigger than Quinn Matthews are. Okay. I, I think he's good to go as long as they need him. I don't know if that's the best thing for him, but I think he's built well enough. And I think he has enough secondary pitches, too, where he's not just fastball slider. Mm-hmm. He busts out a changeup. I don't know if we've seen a curve yet, but he has at least three pitches that he can use somewhat effectively. And again, the dude throws 101. Yeah. So even if that ticks down to sitting you know, 97, 98 still consistently, that is still very good. I'm trying to think of like worst case scenario outside of you know getting shellacked. Worst case scenario where he has to keep pitching. 
is a close game where you're you're down by one or you're up by one and you're you're just thinking okay we probably need to keep him in the game because we need to save some arms for whatever for, for well, Monday unless you the best or you, worst case scenario comes down to what happens on Saturday yeah if you win or lose yeah because you have to throw him on Sunday cuz if you set him up to save him for Monday either you win in two and you got lucky mm-hmm. or you lose in two and you you know didn't fire your best bullet you can't use him tomorrow, obviously, because he just pitched last night mm-hmm. through you know north of 100 pitches again, and absolutely shoved, by the way, yeah. which is incredible. So you have to throw him on Sunday because either you're up one no, and you want to you know put that final nail in the coffin, have mm-hmm. your best guy in the mound to do it, or you have to throw him and you're down 0-1 because you need to find a way to stay in the game. There's, I'm just trying to think of, of a way that he comes out of the bullpen because he, he throws Sunday. <sighs> Does he, though? He throws Sunday. There, the only if, way if he if yeah, yes he throws if Sunday. You, if you yes. win Saturday, and it's a close game Sunday, and no, he's you're not, starting and him on he's Sunday. Not start, but I'm saying if he doesn't start, I'm why would you like start? Bull, him? I'm trying to think of like bull. I, I don't know because there are people saying he, you save him for Monday. So I'm just trying no. to think. I'm trying to get in that mindset, right? He you 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 win Saturday, right? We're saying that. We're LSU win Saturday mm-hmm. on Sunday. If you're in a one run game, you're up one or down one, and it's the sixth he's closing the game out right but what you do is you start him because he's most comfortable and familiar with it where guys get in trouble is thinking that you know madison bumgarner is the rule when he's the exception Mm -hmm. what he did in 2014 use your best guys in the best spots but so much of being an athlete comes down to being put in positions to succeed Mm -hmm. by your coaches what got lsu here paul skeens as a starting pitcher not to say he can't do it out of the bullpen. He'd probably be absolutely sick nasty out of it. But what you do is you say, okay, you threw Thursday. You had your couple days off. Take really good care of the arm. We're going to stick with as much of your routine as possible. It's a weird situation. You're in a best two out of three. You have to stay as normal as possible with your routines to make the game feel as normal as you can while still understanding that you have to have that sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I start him on Sunday no matter what. If he's dealing, you leave him in there, let him ride, go great. So, if he if he gets touched up for, you know, three or four runs in the first, you know, three or four innings, you pull him, so he still him. has some left in the so tank for Monday. Monday. This, so I'm just going through the text all right now. We've got two people, uh, two unnamed texters. Uh, Skeens only pitches Monday. If LSU wins no. the first game, there's no way you he might not Sunday. get to Monday. He throw Monday. Um, I'd say it depends on his off-day routines. If he was normally scheduled for a long bullpen session, they will let him loose. Uh, if they go up 1-0, you save him for a possible game three. No, no, you don't leave it up to chance. You do not want to be in a one-game situation. That is dangerous. That is a dangerous, dangerous game to play. Because if you if you you go one you go up 1-0, you, you don't finish throw, it in two. You don't, throw you, try. On, you don't throw him on Sunday. You lose that game. You bring him in Monday. What if he doesn't have his best stuff? Mm-hmm. And then you're screwed. Yeah, you're out of luck. Because you went with a bullpen game on Sunday. You have to give yourself as much margin for error as possible in series as short as this. The way to give yourself the most margin for error possible is to throw him on Sunday. It leaves you the most options. And start him on Sunday. Uh, Worst case scenario for LSU, if you win game one and lose game two, you still have Skeens game three. What percent chance do they have to win game three, 80 to 90? Again, that's baseball is, is fickle. And he might get roughed up on Sunday if when he pitches. He's going to pitch Sunday. I'm telling you that's he's how LSU is going to set up. Sunday. 
There's so, no way he does. Again, if, if he loses if game lose. two, you go down with your best guy. Yeah. You trust him in that situation. And then in that case, all bets are off. LSU's had pretty successful bullpen games. Got the performance of a couple guys lifetimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Griffin Henning just a couple days ago. The guy I mentioned against Tennessee the first time. He only but went, you what, go down innings. with your best guys in their best spots. Griffin Henning's only went three innings as his longest throughout the season. And then he went, what, five in this last in this last game for, mm-hmm. for LSU? But, again, that's it, it, the most he had gone before that day was three. You don't want to mm-hmm. take that chance. You no. throw skeins on Sunday, and you end it if you go up 1-0. If you're down 1-0... Yeah, I think you still start him because you want to get that game back. So that's the thing. Waterboy, why would you not want him in do or die? Because here's the thing. Sunday could be do or die. Yeah. If you lose on Saturday, Sunday's do or die. If you Plain and simple. And if you win on Saturday, guess what? You could just do it. You can end it. You could just do it. Right there with the best pitcher in the country on the mound. Why would you let it get to do or die? You don't. You avoid it if if you can in any way. You do everything in your power to avoid the coin flip that is a a winner-take-all game. Because Tennessee's going to throw... Florida. They're gonna throw, or Florida's gonna throw their best pitcher tomorrow. He's had time off. He's gonna, they're gonna throw their best pitcher tomorrow. You're gonna get their number two uh, Sunday, regardless of whatever happens. Mm-hmm. You're gonna want your number one against their number two to try and shut things down. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't want to leave this up to because then, if Florida for for whatever reason uh, their their starter maybe gets touched up and he gets out early or or maybe he doesn't have to throw as many pitches. He's gonna throw on Monday, whether it comes out whether he comes out of the bullpen or something. He's gonna throw. The thing about Monday is, I saw this on Twitter once in reference to Dave Roberts and Clayton Kershaw. We know Kershaw has had some of his postseason struggles magnified in the past. Some of that, though, I think has to be put on Dave Roberts and the way he managed him, mm-hmm. managing to create a moment for Kershaw to undo all of that in one fell swipe instead of using Clayton Kershaw where he was best. Kershaw's, of course, going to say, yeah, I can come out of the bullpen. I'm ready, coach. But at some point, the coach has to say, no, this is what's best for the team. You did your job. We appreciate it. I get it. It's not Xbox. You do have to worry about his arm. But the best way to take care of his arm, to make sure he lives up to his potential for the major leagues, is to continue to showcase him in the role he's best in, which is a starting pitcher. He's receiving the best care possible for his arm. I doubt he even raises it above shoulder level, you know, today and probably tomorrow as well, outside of maybe stretching. He's not even lifting his arm. People are feeding him right now. Absolutely. And again, that's kind of what we were saying, too, in that even if he's only throwing 97 or 98 instead of, you know, 100 and 101 for his fastball, that's still really good. I mean, we could bring... That's still untouchable. We could bring a baseball coach. DP's right down the hall. We could ask him what he would do. How much time do we have? We can we'll bring DP in in the next segment. Ask him what he would do uh, with with LSU's uh, pitching staff. But that's going to do it for this first segment. Uh, you're listening to Happy Hour ninety three seven. The ticket. It's Rico and Austin taking you through this next half hour. We'll bring in Strick for the crossover. We're gonna I'm gonna see if DP has time if he can come in here and he can talk about what he would do in this situation if he was LSU's uh, skipper. Right right up next uh, on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.